Just before we go on, uh, as we're having that time of worship, Jen had a word, and Jen, I'd love you to come up and just uh, just share that briefly with us. It may be a word of encouragement for you today. Funny, because I thought it was a word of encouragement for me, and then I felt God say, no, there's actually people here who need to hear this. So um, God took me back to when I was formed as a group of cells in my mother's womb and reminded me that He's had my back since the beginning of time. So whether, I know my birth was planned, but whether your birth was planned or not, God had designs on your life from the moment you're a group of cells to now that you're still here. Because if we think of the miracle of of conception and birth and everything that goes through our lives, we could have been taken out at any time if we weren't meant to be here. And so God reminded me that He has my back, He has your back. So regardless of what you've been through or what you're going through, you're here because God wants you here for a reason and a purpose. And I was reminded, which I shared with Pete, of this thing I was listening to another um, uh, sermon recently just to feed myself some more good stuff in this world. And I heard this and this pastor said, he said, when we break our microwave, we take it to the one that made the microwave to repair it. God has put a lifetime warranty on our lives. He's the one that made us. So when we're broken, we ought to return to the one that made us for the fixing and the repair. But we return to the world so often looking for our repair from the world. And I just went, boom, like a lightning bolt. Like not only did He create us and form us and He planned our lives and we could have been taken out, but He actually, we have to go back to Him when we're broken because He is the only one that can repair us. So I hope that encourages someone today. Thank you very much. Good. Give her a clap, would you? Fantastic. That's a good word. That's a very good word. So you've heard it from God this morning that you're you're precious in His sight. You're not a mistake. That's important to know that. Well, we've had a good start to the day, haven't we, so far? And it's my privilege and pleasure to introduce our guest speaker today, who isn't really a guest. She's part of the framework and the place here. But Mallory, would you like to come and join us this morning? (laughs) Wonderful. Um. I'm not a morning person, like at all. And I'm kind of one of those people that wakes up and they're like a whole different species of human for like the first hour. Um, and like, it's a real thing. And if you know, you know. But I'm the, I'm, I wake up and I look like I've fought a war. Like my hair is poof, my pajamas are this way and that way. Like half the time I wake up and, I, and the first words out of my mouth are, where am I? <laughs> like, and unfortunately, I'm the only human in my family so far that is like this. Um, and usually I wake up and Uriah is ready to talk about how to solve world hunger or how to earthquake strengthen every building in Lower Hut. He's like ready to give me the deepest theories of life. And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and if I make it past Uriah, I get out to Hassan and Hassan is ready to fire every question he's thought of in the past 10 hours we were apart at me before my coffee. Um, or, you know, giving me his latest theory, which this week is that dogs always poo facing north. So, um, I, and then, you know, Theo comes out and he's from get-go, he's ready to go to the trampoline and climb Mount Everest. And so, lately I've been kind of like looking at little baby Nyla and being like, be like me, 
please be like me. Like, be grumpy like me in the morning. <laughs> um, it's not, well, okay, it's not exactly that I'm grumpy. Like, I try to speak back when spoken to, and I think that my brain is sending my mouth words, but what comes out sounds like, a <laughs> like, it just doesn't, it doesn't happen. And I try really hard, but it, it doesn't work for me. Um, but my entire life as a saved person, because of all the above listed reasons, I, I try to wake up before everyone else in my household. Even when I was a teen, um, I would wake up before everyone in my house and I would just dive into the word. Um, and for me, a lot of times it felt like I was putting my brain on for the day. Um, but when I moved to New Zealand, I lost that discipline. Um, at first I blamed it on jet lag and then it was because I was jet lagged and pregnant and then it just kind of spiraled and um, as I spent more months and years here, um, my time in the word has not been my morning priority, unfortunately. Um, and I was just blaming it on my circumstances. But what I've began to realize recently is that for the most part of this three years, because, because I have, haven't made the word a priority, um, I, I feel like I've been eating off of stale bread. Um, I've been relying on lessons and experiences and encounters that I've, that I've had with God in the past to be feeding me now in my present. Um, and I had this favorite Ethiopian restaurant in Uganda. Unfortunately, it was on my way to work. And so you pass it every morning when they're making breakfast, every night when they're making dinner. Ugh, it was a stumbling block. But um, every time I ate there, I, I, I loved it. I never had a bad meal. And I would always find myself wanting to go back for another meal, right? And never once did I think to myself, I should somehow manage to eat the food that I've already digested from that restaurant. No, that's gross. Like, I wanted to go back to the restaurant to eat again. Um, and recently I've realized that that's one of two things that I've been doing in my faith, um, in my spiritual life. Instead of going back to the source that filled me last time, I've been trying to redigest lessons or relive encounters um, that I've already digested and, and hope to be satisfied. Um, and the other thing I realized I was doing was I was looking for places to get major spiritual highs. Um, I wanted to go somewhere and fill up so much it could last me for a good little while. Um, you know, I, I, I realized that I was looking for, and many people do this too, we look for places we'll have encounters with God, um, whether it's a youth camp or a Sunday in worship or a prayer time, um, or it could even be in a season that you felt really close to the Lord and you're walking really hand in hand in that season. Um, and we try to live off of those encounters for days or weeks or months or however long that they'll fill us until we feel like, oh, we're really hungry again. Um, but God showed me that's feasting, you know, like trying to have this huge, massive meal and live off of it for an extended amount of time. And eating stale bread and feasting are not two ways that God desires to feed his people. Um, at the end of June, we had Kristen come and share with our church. Um, hopefully a lot of you remember that. Um, if you weren't there, I encourage you to go back and just listen to that podcast. Um, 
but I'll give you the Mallory abbreviation. And that was, he gave us our church a word, and it was that he saw an outpouring of the Holy Spirit coming on our church um, that would bring people into this building from all over the nation. Um, Has anybody else been thinking about that word since he gave it? Because every time I walk into this church, it sits with me. Um, And I have been thinking about that because the thing that he said next um, was that God wanted us to be a humble and hungry people and ready to receive what God wanted to do in in our midst. (laughs) Sorry, midst is a funny word. When I was practicing this, midst kept stumbling, and so I was just really proud of myself that it came out, but then I laughed, so I... (laughs) (laughs) But the phrase humble and hungry stuck with me. And so after listening to that sermon, I made a deal with God. And I told God, okay, because I was very, very pregnant when he came, I said, you know, when Nyla starts sleeping through the night, I'm going to start waking up before my whole family again, and I'm going to get in the word. Um, And do you know that at eight weeks, there she goes. She slept through the night. And I was like, all right, I'm getting up and getting in the word. Um, But I will say God kind of faked me out because it was like a one-week stretch and then it stopped. But by the end of it, I was in the routine again and I loved it. I I loved it so much, I kept it up. Um, And so um, after now like maybe six weeks of getting up in the morning and getting into the word first thing again. For the very first time in a long time, I feel like my walk with God is really consistent. Um, I feel full and I feel rested in a season that I really shouldn't feel rested in. Um, And that sermon really sparked something in me because I kept thinking, what does it mean to be hungry? Um, Because sometimes it's not just empty bellies that need to be filled. Sometimes it's God asking us to get hungrier. Um, And I believe that any outward movement that is going to come out of this body has to begin with an upward movement, as in that the more that my heart, Mallory's heart, and every person in here's heart turns upward to God, the more God's able to work through our lives and push outward through us. Um, When we first started our school in Uganda, we were working with a Ugandan woman, and she'd gone through the slums. She found the 60 worse off scenarios um, that she could find of kids and kind of brought them all together. And, you know, we were running off volunteers. We had a, we had a, a building that didn't have a full roof. And so when it rained, you all had to like huddle in this one corner until the rain stopped. Um, but we were really passionate about these kids having a safe place. And we were really passionate about them being fed. Um, because the first few weeks the kids came to school, break times, meal times um, were silent. Like the kids would sit there really quietly, really still. Nobody was laughing, nobody was playing. Um, and at times it felt like um, there would, you would see flies just circling around the kids, like you would something dead. Um, and if you fast forward a week, a few weeks, They're getting two meals a day, several snacks a day. Um, If you drove into that slum at a break time or a lunch time, you would just hear this roar coming from our school. Um, You walk into it, kids are playing, kids are up in trees, chasing each other around, and they had come alive. Um, And in those few weeks, that hunger had been fulfilled. And when they started coming to school, they had no energy, they had no laughter, they had no play in them. But as weeks went by, Um, these big distended bellies, they shrunk back to normal size. Their energy came back, their joy, their laughter, their hope, their hunger was being filled. 
and hunger's a, a powerful thing. Um, I consider it a privilege that I've, I've actually seen what hunger looks like. Um, many people would say, I, I couldn't see the things that you saw. Like, I'm, I'm privileged to have seen those things because they shaped me. Um, and that's why I talk about them a lot. But I've seen what it looks like when hunger's not satisfied. I've seen bodies grow and faint with hunger. I've seen parents not being able to provide their kids with food, send them to the streets to live. Um, I've seen seven-year-olds trying to satisfy their hunger by sniffing the exhaust pipes off of cars passing by. Um, I've seen hunger drive women and girls to sell their bodies. And I've seen hunger take lives. It's powerful and it's painful if we don't satisfy it. Hunger weakens you. And so why is God asking us to be a hungry people? Um, In Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3, it says that he, as in God, humbled you by letting you hunger and then feeding you with manna, which with which neither you nor your ancestors were acquainted in order to make you understand that one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So how did we get humbled? By getting hungry. And what happens when we're humble and we're hungry? Then we're filled with what is holy. And what do we do when we've been filled? We understand that these things of the world, they're not made to satisfy us, and that only God can do that. And we began to seek first his kingdom in all that we think, all that we dream, all that we desire, and everything that we put our hand to. So what does it mean to be hungry? Um, I'm going to go through a couple of characteristics that I really um, settled on when I was thinking about this. Um, Hungry people are willing Um, We have a few uh, rules in our household that are in regards to snacking. Once you've had a snack in my home, you can have a piece of fruit. If you're still hungry, have a carrot. Like, I'm I'm not very gracious in my snacking. Wait to the mealtime. But Hassan, he's a really healthy eater, and the carrot doesn't faze him. But Theo, he's not a fan. You tell Theo to go get a carrot out of the fridge, and he's like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. But when I see Theo go and eat a carrot after he's had his fruit and had his snack, I'm like, wow, he's actually really hungry. Um, Because he's willing to eat something that he doesn't necessarily enjoy, but he knows that he needs to be filled. Um, Hungry people are desperate. They're wanting and willing to do what it takes to get fed. They'll walk kilometers for food. They'll work any job so that they can be fed. They'll beg if they have to. And, And their lives are driven by a need to fulfill that hunger. So when God comes and asks you to step out, are you hungry for him? Are you willing Are you willing to wake up before the rest of your household? Will you donate that $50? Will you ask your neighbor over for dinner or your coworker to read the word with you? Are you willing? Um, Hungry people are giving. Um, In our boys' home in Uganda, we had one boy, we had 14 of them. One boy would come home every day just ravenous. I was like, at first I thought he had worms, so I dewormed him, <laughs> but that didn't work. So then I was sending him to, the, to school with the same amount of snacks, the same money as everybody else, and I was just like, what is going on? Um, and so I thought, maybe he's in a growth spurt, so I wrote it out for a few weeks, and then, no, he was like still coming home hungry as a monster. So I finally asked him, dude, what's going on? And he was like, you know, my two best friends at school, they, they come from homes that they don't get breakfast and they don't get lunch. And so I always share my snacks between the three of us. 
And I just kind of looked at him and he said, I used to be hungry too. And hungry people are familiar. They're familiar with the pain of an empty stomach. And when they find they have something to share, or they're confronted with another hungry person, they quickly share what they have. Um, Hungry people are giving. Um, I was hungry before I was saved. There are a lot of things in front of me that I was looking at and thinking that these things are never going to satisfy me. And at 14, I decided that life wasn't worth living. I was going to kill myself. Um, But another person saw that I was hungry. Um, They remembered the pain of being hungry, and they knew the joy of being full, and they wanted me to have that same thing. And it was actually just a phone call. It was a phone call that kept me alive that day, (laughs) and a phone call that showed me that God was real and that he could not only satisfy me, but that he wanted nothing more in this world than to satisfy me. Um, Hungry people are ready to eat. (laughs) When you give a hungry person food, they eat it. When you call a person, a hungry person to the dinner table, they come. Um, If they're really hungry, they might set the table while you're finishing cooking. Um, God wants us to be hungry. He wants us to be ready to eat every day. He wants us to be ready to eat fresh food um, and ready to gain something new. Um, And maybe we're not hungry because we're filling up on the wrong things. You know, sometimes uh, one of my things is when I'm lonely, um, I watch old t- movies or TV shows that I've seen a thousand times and it makes my heart feel all warm and fuzzy. But that actually doesn't fill me. Um, we have to eat. Um, you know, there are days that I'll rearrange my entire day or sometimes my even entire week um, so that I can have lunch with a friend. Um, and we have to have that initiative when we, to make that time with God. Um, And for me, that looks like getting in the Word every morning before I eat breakfast. Um, I love the discipline of it. I see the fruit of it all throughout my day. Um, And some people may feel meh at the routine of that. And I'm not pushing to find yourself in a religious practice here. But I'm saying make time with God a priority. And this is what works for me. Um, We're not just called to clean our plates of anything and everything that's not good for us to eat, but we actually have to also decide to fill our plates with what's holy. Um, Fill your, nobody likes an empty dinner plate sitting in front of them. If it sits there long enough, you're gonna put the bad stuff back on it. That's why they put the bread on the table for the longest time before they bring you the real food, right? And if, if your plate's empty, you have to ask for it to be filled. God wants to give us gifts. He wants to give us time with him. He wants to like, empower us with spiritual gifts. Um, but we have to be willing to ask for it. Um, we have to be ready to eat. Our plates have to be empty and asking for the food. Um, hungry people worship. I grew up in a church that was quite dead, to be honest. Um, Just a lot of religious practice. Um, But I remember the first time I went to another church, and at this church, I saw people raising their arms in worship. And to be honest, I was a bit amused because I'd just never seen anything like that. But like another part of me hungered for it. I kept finding my arms like twitching, like they wanted to raise up. But I, I, I was a little bit nervous. Um, and I, I felt like I eventually kind of felt like I was stifling my worship by not raising my hands. 
Um, but I had all these thoughts going through my head. Oh, what if people see me and they know that this is the first time I've ever raised my hands in worship? You know, or like, um, I'm so tall, maybe I need to stand in the back row so I can raise my hands so the people behind me can see, right? And I felt like finally God just asked me, who are you here to worship, you or me? Um, Because if I'm worshiping and I'm more concerned with what the person next to me is thinking about me while I worship, then I'm worshiping myself. Um, But when a hungry person is fed, there's worship. Um, You know, there's a deep honor and reverence towards the one who's feeding them. Um, I can't satisfy myself. This freedom I have, it's not from me. The joy I have, it's not from me. And the life I live, it's not from me. I know the ones who, who has fed me, and that's who I worship. And worship for him pours out of me into all areas of my life, not just the singing bit that we do before we hear a sermon. Um, hunger leads to humility. Uh, we recently named our little girl Nyla. And in African Arabic, Nyla means humble and meek. And so when we, were, we found out we were having a girl, we wanted a name that meant humble because Uriah and I believe that biblical humility means believing what God says about you above anybody else's opinion, including your own. Um, and biblical humility requires embracing who you are in Christ over who you are in the flesh. So hungry people have nothing left in them. They're waiting to be filled, filled with a Christ-like identity, filled with the humility and the understanding to walk in it. Um, When I talk about humility, I'm not talking about like when you're walking across the car park and you trip and you fall and you get up real quick and you look around to see who's like looking. You're like, wow, that was humbling. No, that's just embarrassing. Like I'm I'm, I'm talking about a, a, a state of humility, a mindset. It's a state of being, not just a fleeting thought when embarrassing things happen to you. Um, When we live in a state of humility, we're able to fully walk in that identity that Christ not only has given for you, but was made for you. Um, And you know, those lies that Satan throws at you, I'm not good enough, I'm not bold enough, I'm a control freak. (laughs) Like, they're easy to fight and squash because we actually know who we really are when we live in a state of humility. Um, When I live in a state of humility, the Holy Spirit has, it's easy for him to reign in me. And how beautiful is it that he abides with us? Like, he's not a visitor. The Holy Spirit doesn't come and visit us when our house is clean and tidy. Like, he lives with us. And we have to keep ourselves hungry and humble so that he can reign in us. Our thoughts become his thoughts. Our words become his words. The desires of my heart become his desires because he reigns in me. Um, When I live in a state of humility, surrender is easier. Um, giving myself to God and saying, you have me, you have my life. I want to live fully as I was made to live. Um, when I do that, my, my faith stops playing a defensive game. You know, a lot of us play our faith like as in a soccer or football match. Um, it's defensive. Our entire faith rely, revolves around not getting scored on, maintaining our righteousness, maintaining our good works, not letting the devil get a foothold in our lives. But that's not actually how Christians were made to live. That's not how God wants his team to play. Like He, he wants us to play offense. Um, he wants us to take ground. 
um, we're called to be vessels that see God's kingdom actually come on this earth to expand, to take territory, not just to make it through this life without sinning in the least amount possible. Um, God's asking our church to grow hungry, to be a hungry and a humble people. Um, and, and being fully transparent, you know, sometimes that's really difficult at first. Um, there's a real big hunger pain before you're filled with the good things. Um, last February, Uriah and I, we had a lot of really big choices in front of us. And um, we kind of sat down and got united. We'd probably just had like the worst six weeks of our marriage that we'd ever encountered. Um, and we decided that no matter no matter the cost, we wanted to be desperate for God. Um when we're making all these decisions and these choices, we wanted to see God provide for our family. We wanted to see God move in our family. We wanted to see God show up time and time again. We didn't want to rely on ourselves, and we decided to get hungry. Um, what that looked like was not pretty at first. <laughs> like, those first few months were hard. Um, we felt like our security was pulled out from underneath of us. You know, God asked us to take a few big steps that we started walking in and we didn't have answers to or see outcomes to immediately. Um, and uh, results of those first few steps, you know, there have been months that we, we haven't been sure how we're going to pay our electric bill, you know, and months that we weren't sure where we were actually going to live. Like, we didn't have a house for a while. And we were about to have a baby in a season where I wanted to feel like we had everything we needed and that... I was a little bit in control of it and that everything else in our life was peaceful so that we could just focus on this tiny little human. Um, and that wasn't happening. Um, and there were times just through those first few months, like our marriage really struggled. And you could look at us and you could say, wow, they're really lacking. Um, but we didn't feel that way because God began to fill us. We had asked to be hungry and God was emptying our plates of what we had served ourselves. Um, and he was filling us with the trust that he was going to provide in every circumstances and joy at knowing him as a provider. Um, we had hope to see his plans unfold in front of us, even when we can't see the end or the near future sometimes. Um, and we grew in compassion and forgiveness and gratitude um, for each other in our marriage. And God gave us a new closeness that we, we have never had before. And many people could have just looked and saw our bank account and thought they're lacking, but we weren't. It's the fullest we've ever felt. Um, God has given us a true kingdom perspective as we've looked at this situation and we've asked God to make us hungry um, because we, we truly have rejoicing in our hearts because we have not only everything that we need, we feel like we have more than what we need and we see ourselves as full. Um, and so today, um, I feel like God's asking us, what stands out to you? Are you willing to get hungry for God? Are you willing to be giving to those who you also see are hungry? Um, and I think God wants to, us to sit on that as we worship. So if the worship team wants to come forward, I'm going to pray and we can have some time in worship. And I'll turn it over to somebody on the front row. <laughs>
God, we just praise you, Father. We thank you, Lord, that you've created us to hunger and to thirst for you, Lord. And we thank you for your word that says that we'll be filled, God. We, th- we just ask for a kingdom mindset when we think about this hunger, God. When we think about getting hungry, that we won't be feeling like we're losing things around us, God, but that we're gaining, God. We're gaining in knowing you. We're gaining and growing in the gifts that you're wanting to give us, God. And you're, we're gaining and just encountering you in everything that we have and in everything that we do, Father. God, I just ask, um, um, I just ask if you just want to lift your hands up, if you want to be filled, God, I just pray that you, we just ask, Father, that you would just fill us with your presence, Father, that you would fill us with your good gifts, God, that you would fill us with the joy in knowing you, Father, that you would fill us with the power to keep our plates surrendered before you, Lord, even when they look empty, God, we trust that you're going to fill them and you're going to fill them with good things, God. Father, I pray that you would just speak to our hearts and our minds, God, that even as we just worship, we're having thoughts of things that we need to lay down before you, God, things that you're calling us to walk forward into, God. And Father, I pray that we would just be willing and giving and ready to eat, Father. Lord, we would just be a humble people before you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.